right, we'll be in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter number 3. Today we're going to look at the topic of press on. We mentioned this verse last week actually in the service that we'll read here, verse 14. But let's start in verse number 12. We'll read through the end of the chapter. The Bible says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. God, I pray that you would help us to learn. Lord, help us to draw closer to you. God, I pray that you would use me uh, to deliver the message today. God, I pray that you would... Uh, clear our hearts and clear our minds. Help us to focus in on your word and what you want us to receive today. God, help me to present it clearly and correctly, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here this uh, familiar verse, verse 14. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's a verse that many have heard. It's a verse that many like to preach on. It's a motivational verse to some degree where people look and they say, I press toward the mark and, and we ought to press as well and we ought to move forward and we ought to strive uh, uh, to, to run the race well that God has given to us and all that is true and all of that is right. Well, look at the topic of press on, moving forward, continuing and striving forward for God. And today I want us to look at three things that I think we can learn in this passage. There's much more than that in the passage. But let's start off with point number one, which is the need to press on. The need to press on. Look in verse number 12. The Bible says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. And he says in verse 13, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth uh, to those things which are before. The need to press on is pretty simple. It's because I have yet to attain. I have yet to apprehend. Now, what is he talking about? What things are we, 
uh, trying to apprehend? What are we working and apprehending? You could say more joy, more blessings, more mercy, more grace. There's a number of things that we might be trying to apprehend when it comes to the things of God. But we have not yet apprehended fully all that we can apprehend. And so for that reason, we press forward. We press on the need to move forward. You think of some people who have uh, uh, maybe Olympic athletes, and they train and they train and they train, and then they go to the Olympics and they win their gold medals. And, and at a point, they get to the point where they say, I've basically gotten everything I can get. I've, I've went, had a goal. I set a goal. I reached the goal. And, uh, and now I'm good. Runners, you can only run so much, I suppose. You can keep running. But swimmers uh, competitively can only swim so much before age uh, kind of gets to the point where the younger are now faster than the older and, and it's time to move on. You've already attained. You've already apprehended. You've already accomplished everything that you can accomplish. But in the Christian life, you're not going to reach that point where you have apprehended everything, where you have attained everything, where you have accomplished everything and so there is a need to press on. Not only because we have yet to apprehend, but also because of what is truly ahead of us. Here in verse 13, he says, uh, uh, This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. A lot of people live in the past, a past accomplishments. Uh, have you ever met the person who can't stop talking about what they did in high school? <laughs> they were maybe a superstar in high school and they accomplished some amazing things, some great things, some wonderful things, and yet now in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, they're not doing any of those kinds of things anymore, and so they tell you the stories about the good old days. They tell you about that fourth quarter comeback or that ninth inning home run or that, um, that uh, um, spelling bee or whatever it is that they did and they accomplished, and yet they still live in the accomplishments of the past, and there's really nothing that they're striving for anymore. Sometimes we allow the sins of the past to weigh us down to hold us back from accomplishing things for God. We've talked about this before. But if God's going to forgive you, uh, you should forgive yourself, and you should move forward, move on, move past, press on. You think of Paul here, the human author. Uh, obviously, it's recorded for us and given to us by inspiration of God. But Paul here, thinking about those things that he's had to forget, which are behind. He was not a great person before he was saved. He was not a, um, a, a friend of God. He was not a lover of Christians. Persecuted the church. He did some vile things. You know, if Paul allowed those things in his past to weigh him down, think of what would not have been accomplished for God, at least through Paul's life. Could God have used someone else? Surely he could have. Yet we look at those things that Paul did in his past, and, and for some people they would say that there's too much there in my past for me to move forward. Paul understood those things which are in the past, I've got to forget those things. And now I'm going to reach for those things which are before. What is ahead? The need to press on is that there is things to press towards. There is commands of God. There is uh, opportunities from God. There is 
blessings, there are hardships, there are accomplishments, there are things that God desires that are in front of us, and so there is a need to press on because there is something to press to. If you had a race that never had a finish line, what would be the point of it? Right? If you had a race that didn't have a finish line and it was just keep running, <laughs> and then once that person dies and you pass them, then, then hey, you're in first place until you die and then the next person passes you. And That doesn't sound like a fun race to run. There is something to reach to. There is something to press towards. The need to press on because I have yet to attain because there is something ahead that I am working to attain. Also because it's necessary, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If I may use a few more sports analogies today. In baseball, if you play baseball, you hit the ball and you run to first base. Every coach will tell you you run through first base. You run past it. When you hit the ball, you run, and you don't stop at first base. You run straight past it. You touch it on the way by, but then you keep on running straight. Why? Because it's the fastest way to get there. If you're running to a base and you have to slow down to stop, that's not going to help you beat out the throw to get to first base. And so they tell you, run through first base, run past it. You just keep running straight, and then once you get past the base, then you can slow down and turn around and come back. Um, if you watch running, I only do this during the Olympics, because to me running is no fun to do or to watch, but uh, I watch it during the Olympics, and if you watch those runners, as they get to the finish line, they stick their head and chest forward at the finish line. They're, they're pressing through it. They're not slowing down until they're already past it. If you like speed skating, I love speed skating in the Winter Olympics. And if you'll watch, right at the end of the race, as they're getting there, they're reaching forward, sometimes with their foot, sometimes with their head, they're trying to get us through first as fast as possible. They're pressing through that finish line. So many Christians have the mindset of, well, now I am aging. I've already done some things. It's time to let other people do it. Now, listen, there's a time for that. Don't get me wrong. But many Christians will wind down, and oftentimes early in life, let someone else do it. There is biblical teaching to teaching the younger, to training them, to preparing them, to letting them come in and serve, and to eventually, yes, them take over. But that doesn't mean that, that, that our Christian service is over. It may be a ministry that we pass off to someone else, but that doesn't mean that we, we're done. We ought to press on. We ought to press forward. We ought to press through. We ought to keep on going. There is a need to do so. It is necessary for us to run through first base. Once we cross the finish line, then we can stop. But until then, we ought to keep running. There's the song, and it's attained to a verse, but work for the night is coming. Jesus, so when he was on earth, he talks about the need to work now because there was a time coming where he would be gone. You know, as a Christian, our time to work is now. Our rest is in heaven. It's not to say you should never take a vacation. That's not what I'm saying. We try very hard, even in the church, to kind of move people around and let people have breaks and things like that. It's, it's fine to take a rest. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that, to take a rest. God did it. Did he need it? No. It's an example to us. He created the world in six days. 
and he took the seventh day to rest. Rest is important, but that doesn't mean that our work is done. We rest, and then we get back at it. We press on until we cross the finish line. The need to press on. Number two, the mind to press on. The mind to press on. It takes a uh, conscious effort to press on. It's not something that you're just naturally going to do. Some people are more, it's more natural than the next, but it's, it's going to take a decision, a choice, a, a mindset to press on. Look in verse 15 and 16. Let us therefore, as many be perfect, that doesn't mean sinless, all right? That just means those living obediently to God. And so he says, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if any of you or anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. A unified mind. A pressing on for a common goal with other fellow Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, the church, Let's have a unified mind. And here in these verses, he's basically saying, if I can use a phrase that I've heard many times in my life, keep the main thing the main thing. He says in verse uh, 15, if anything be other or ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. If you've got other things, there's other things there, and, and, and we've gone away from the unified mindset. So let's get back to it. Those things that we've already attained, let's walk by the same rule to continue to attain. Let's stay together. Let's focus on the main things. Let's be unified in the things of God. Allow me to run through a number of verses. Philippians 2, 2. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Philippians 1, 27. That ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Those are verses we've already looked at in Philippians. What about 1 Peter 3, 8? Be ye all of one mind. 1 Corinthians 1, 10, That ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Be of one mind. Psalm 133, verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Romans 12, 16, Be of the same mind one toward another. God desires that Christians be united on the main things. God desires that we be unified, that we press forward, that we press on together of the same mind. God has given the church a commission. We talk about it a lot. Teaching all nations, going forth into all the world, baptizing and teaching, training and discipling. That's the main thing. God says together you ought to be unified on this. You cannot press on as a church. You cannot press on unless you're together. Otherwise there's hindrances. Otherwise there's distractions. Otherwise there's other priorities that get uh, placed over that which God has told us to prioritize. The mind to press on is that of a unified mind, a togetherness, a desire to love, to serve God, 
a desire to reach the world with the gospel and a desire to train up the next generation to do the same. That is the mind to press on. Think for a second about, again, I'll go back, I'm sorry for all the sports analogies today, but uh, you go back to uh, the Olympics, and if you watch the, uh, uh, the relay track race where they're running, you got four of them, they got a baton, they pass it to the next guy, and they run and go on. They have to have the same mindset, right? There's strategy to some degree as well. You put your, uh, most of the time, your fastest person at the end, and, and you, you mix it up different ways, but at the, the, the purpose is the same. The goal is the same, to get to the finish line first. If you have a person who says, I want to make sure the cameras get my best side while they're running, you're probably not going to win. Unless you have Usain Bolt. It doesn't matter. He's fast enough. He tends to smile and do things while he's running anyhow. But nonetheless, there's the same goal. There's the same mind. There's a, a, a unified vision. Get to the finish line. The church should have the same goal, the same mind, the same vision to get to the finish line, accomplishing what God has given to us to do in the time that God has given us to do it. That's the mind to press on. There's a need to press on, the mind to press on, and then we're going to close with hindrances of pressing on. Things that could stop us, things that can slow us down, hindrances to press on. Look at verse 18 and 19. He says, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of Christ, the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. The largest hindrance we can have to pressing on is listening to wrong doctrine. Listening to the Bible presented incorrectly. Listening to people who teach things that are not of God. Matthew 7, 20 says, Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. It's hard today because of the access we have to hear preachers. Um, they're very accessible through online in different places. The easiest way to figure out if a person is, is God-honoring in their preaching is by their fruits, what they produce. If their fruit is fame and money, they're probably not of God. It's not to say that someone who is rich is ungodly. But if you watch a preacher, and, and I won't say names even though I've said it before, um, they charge for you to go to their service, they take an offering while you're at their service, and then they sell thousands and millions of dollars in books after the service, something's wrong. First of all, I don't think preaching should ever be charged. <laughs> I think you should be allowed to go to a preaching service for free. Anybody who's charging, you should probably question what they're doing. Now, I've been to conferences that, that charge, but that usually includes food and other things as well. What is their fruit? Are there people who, if I can use the word follow them, are they, are they God-honoring? Do they talk about God? Do they promote God or do they promote the preacher? You see, that's fruit that you can see from them. Here in Philippians, but also in Romans, it says this as well. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 16, 18, but their own belly 
and by good words and fair speeches are, uh, de- deceive the hearts of the simple. I'm going to read that again. Romans 16, 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Eloquent speakers are not necessarily godly speakers. They're also not necessarily ungodly, all right, just because they're eloquent. But eloquent speakers are not necessarily uh, um, godly preachers. Good words, fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. And they're there to serve their own belly. It says it here in verse 19 as well. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. What they do, they do for them. To gain, uh, to receive, to fill their own satisfaction. God is their belly. They mind earthly things. Again, it's not wrong to have a nice car, but if, if you're listening to a preacher and, and he cares more about his car than the people that he's talking to, you've, I've met those people, um, that's a problem. If their focus is money and finances, again, it's not wrong to, um, to have money. It's, it's, it's wrong to um, desire it. The lust is is the root right the love of money that's a problem what is their fruit here paul says i've warned you before and i'm warning you again there are preachers out there Uh, they are the enemies of the cross of christ jesus another hindrance can be not just wrong doctrine but wrong examples God gives us examples both in Scripture and also on this earth. I hope that you have an example, someone that you can look to and say, you know, what they're doing is godly and right, and, and if, I can, if I can follow their example, it'll put me in a good place. Verse 17, he says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. He says, uh, I can be that example for you. It's not prideful. He's not saying, uh, if, you know, just, just be like me, just be like me. No, but he is confident that he's living for God. And he says, I can be an example to you. And there are others that walk this way also, that they are examples to you. Follow after them. As they do, you do. He was a good example. Have a good example of right priorities. Look in verse 20. Our conversation is in heaven. Our lifestyle, what we're living for, it's in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What's he saying? He's saying our priority is godly things. Our priority is heaven. Our priority is pleasing the Lord. He says we're looking for the Savior. It's anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. It's anticipating eternity in heaven. It's anticipating the things of God. We have to understand that we need a godly example. We can always find it in Scripture. We can always find it in Jesus Christ. 
Be careful not to follow the wrong examples on this earth. Be careful not to follow. You know, it's funny. I, I grew up in camping ministry, and you're, you hear a lot of preaching geared towards children and teenagers. And so for a lot of my life, I just assumed once I was an adult, everything that was being preached still applied to teenagers and kids. The reality is it's, it's just as applicable to adults, too. We talk about friends, relationships, uh, pure living, all these sorts of things. It, it still applies to us no matter how old we are. And when we're looking for an example, when we're following an example, make sure we're following a godly example, a right example. Be careful that we're not following the wrong people that are leading us down a dangerous and wrong path. Measure it all to the Word of God. You won't be able to do that unless you know the Word of God, unless you read the Word of God. You will have people tell you, I've used this example before, but you'll have people give you advice that isn't, isn't good. I've had that as a young pastor. A lot of people were ready to give me advice, especially in the early days of being a pastor. And I had people tell me, give me some advice that I just, I knew right away, that's not right. That's not helpful. That'll cause more problems. Measure to God's word. God's word is true. God's word is perfect. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and righteousness. It's, it's there to help you, to teach you, to, to, to help you to learn. So when you're following an example of someone on this earth, take their example and hold it up to Scripture. Does it match? Does it mirror? Or is it different? No matter how good the person is, if it doesn't match up with Scripture, it's wrong. No matter how good-hearted, good-motived the person is, if it doesn't match up to Scripture, it's wrong. And there are a lot of people in this world who will take you down a path not, not meaning to, not being deceitful, not being um, hateful, not being evil, but they'll give you advice that just doesn't match up with Scripture. Follow examples that are biblical and that are right. If we don't, it will hinder us from pressing on. It'll hinder us, it'll keep us, it'll stop us, it'll block us from going forward and accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. We look at this, uh, this chapter here in Scripture and we see at the end he talks about the Lord and in heaven it would change our vile body that it may be fashioned unto like his glorious body. According to the working thereby, he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Our purpose for pressing on is Jesus. Our goal for pressing on is to please Jesus. It's to accomplish what God has set for us to accomplish. There is a need to press on. I promise you there is a need. There will never be a time while you are alive on this earth that there is not a need to move forward, to press on. There is a mind to press on that you must have. It is a mind of unity of the things of God. I've seen churches that didn't have that mind. Everybody had a priority. Everybody had a, a desire. We should do this. No, we should do this. We should do it this way. No, we should do it this way. 
The previous pastor did it this way. Listen, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I'm not saying that everything... The point is this. When we get to the point where I believe our church is, have a mind of unity, we can move forward. The thing is, we have to continue that mind, right? We have to continue that mind to press on and then beware of the hindrances to press on. Things that will stop you, things that will slow you down, things that will uh, hurt you. It starts with wrong doctrine and it's followed by wrong examples. Doctrine, teaching, God's word is so crucial that we get it right. In your Bible reading, whatever you do, I hope that you read some scripture daily. May I encourage you not just to do one verse. There are devotionals and things that give you a verse and a little thing, and that's helpful. It's better than nothing. But I would encourage you at least a chapter, maybe just a paragraph within the chapter. My Bible marks paragraphs, but it gives you the whole thought, the entire thought. Understand what it's saying. You can, you can, it's hard to tell, and there are some verses that are obviously um, easier than others, stand alone than others, but uh, you need the context of the verse to know what the verse is talking about. It's good to know who it was written to, the situation in which at the time it was being written to. It's still applicable to you today, but it's good to know the situation that's going on and the topic that's being discussed as a whole. It's good to know um, just the entirety of, because we can take things and we can make it say what we want it to say. And God says, but I've, I've inspired it for a purpose. And I have a meaning for it. So I'd encourage you in your daily Bible reading, if you can, take a chapter. Read at least a chapter. It gives you a, a full thought of the verse. If you read one verse, take a, take a couple minutes and, and look at a couple verses ahead of it and a couple verses after it at the very least. Because knowing what God says is crucial to following what God says. Wrong doctrine will hinder you. Wrong teaching, if you listen to teaching that isn't biblical or if you're just attaining it incorrectly. Wrong doctrine and then wrong examples. We have a need we need to have a mind, and let's beware of the hindrances. Lord, I pray for your help today. I pray that we would be what you want us to be. God, I pray that you would help us to move forward. Right now, we're in a time uh, with everything going on in our country that is um, maybe harder than, than it has been recently to press on. There are hindrances, natural hindrances, around today. But God, I pray that you would help us to see the need to press forward, Lord, that you'd help us to have a mind, to continue with a mind of unity to press on. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be aware of the hindrances, that we would not just flippantly listen, but Lord, that we would thoughtfully listen. We would check things to your word, prove them to your word. God, that we can have the right doctrine and the right examples to follow. Help us, Lord, to press on. And I pray this in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to stand. I really don't know any good questions to ask today for the invitation, so I'll just leave it at this. If God spoke to you about something today, something that you needed to handle with God, I pray that you'd do that. Take just a moment. You can stay at your seat. You can come to the front if you'd like. But I'm going to be quiet and let you handle things with God this morning.
thank you for your word and what you teach us in it. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful to follow it, Lord, to follow your leading in our lives, that we would apply the things necessary that you've uh, taught us, Lord, that we apply them to our lives and follow them accordingly. Help us to press on, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you for being here today. We've got 1 o'clock service this afternoon. If you can be with us, we'd sure love to have you. And uh, don't get blown away, as uh, what Winnie the Pooh, I think, once said, or... Uh, or the little one, Piglet, or something like that. Said something about it being a blustery day. It's a blustery day out there today, so be aware. Uh, there's some good godly advice for you, all right? Lord bless you. Let's go ahead and be dismissed.